Like I said, I really, really hope that you had a wonderful Christmas uh, time, even though this was a different year and a different moment in, in our year. But I truly believe, even in the craziness of 2020, this was one incredible moment. When Jesus appeared, when Jesus revealed himself to us. And I hope in your family you had a wonderful time. You know, so many times this season, it causes me to reflect on the memories of past Christmases. Do you do that? I mean, so often in, in these moments, I just think back to when I was a child or other moments and those, those special times that we had together. There's one time in particular in my family you know, when I grew up, when I was a kid, we would open up our presents as a kid, as, at our home, and then we would go to my grandma's house, who lived just 15 minutes away. And I remember this one particular year, we were all gathered around to open up the presents that grandma got for us. And I opened up these presents, and I was so excited. I opened up, and it was these amazing walkie-talkies. Now, for the kids out there, these things were about this big, you know, ones that like these little things that you can actually communicate far away. I mean, you had to be like within 10 feet of each other. But they were amazing. I was so excited to have this walkie-talkie. I was like, yes, yes. And all of a sudden I heard it. My grandma, and the laugh that I will never forget, she just goes, oh, 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 Billy, I messed up. What? I opened up my brother's present. And all of a sudden at the moment I thought, oh, the walkie-talkies. They're not mine. And she said, here, this is, these are for Dave. These are for you. And she gave me my present. And I opened up and it was a, a Star Wars figure. Now it was pretty cool, but I had a moment of, I had for a second the walkie-talkies. And now they're my brothers. Can you believe that? You know, but this time brings so many memories back for us. The, the, and just to pause to remember the greatest memory, and that's Jesus and what he's done in our lives. Because the Christmas story brings so much joy and hope and peace and glad tidings. And then we come to this moment. It's like this law between Christmas and the new year. And we don't know really how to take it. Should we still be celebrating Christmas or should we focus on the new year? It's like this craziness in between. But here we are in this law of the moment as our focus tends to shift towards new beginnings, new opportunities, new opportunities of hope. And as we prepare for a new year, you know what it really does? It really causes us to reflect on what was and hope for what will be. And that's what we're in right now. We're in this crazy year. As many of us are reflecting on what 2020 has been for us, not just as a society, but for us personally. And I bet deep in our hearts as we long for 2021, we're hoping for something else to be. And so often on the eve of the new year, we have feelings of excitement and sometimes feelings of anxiety because we're just not sure what the new year will bring. You know, throughout our history, there were some crazy new years. I mean, how many of you guys remember Y2K? And we thought the world was going to come crashing down. And all we were waiting to watch, once that clock hit zero, the end of the world. Remember that? And so many other times, we have these moments of coming into the new year of what is this going to be like? And we run to the hills, we run to the mountaintops as we reflect on what was, as we hope for what will be. And can we just be real for a moment? 2020 will be a memorable year, but not in a great way. 
And for many of us, it's going to be a year that we're going to look back in the history books and just think of how crazy it is. But as I sit here and reflect this time, although we hope for normal to come back and what we think this year was, I really feel there are some great things that occurred in 2020. Some great opportunities that revealed themselves to us. I mean, let's just be honest. It revealed innovation and opportunities that we could do things in a different way that we never thought possible. But here's the good, biggest thing I just want to encourage you. What 2020 has really taught me and my family of how busy life used to be. And how we had so much more opportunity just to be a family. You know, my hope as we go into 2021 and at some point when life gets back to normal that we don't allow the busyness to control us again. That maybe that's a lesson that we can take out of this year. That we can really say, hey, here was a great opportunity. I always said before how busy I was. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I missed opportunities. And this year I had no excuse. <clears throat> and I hope I can take that home with me and I challenge you with that as well. But here we sit as we think about 2020, as we look into the new hopes of 2021, still in the mode of celebrating Jesus' birth, the Savior was born into the world to provide us with hope that would one day turn into a reality. The magnificent, magnificent designer of all that is built a master plan for his creation, not to provide one Christmas, but his story is not over. God is actually pro providing two Christmases. There's two opportunities that Jesus will come. And one has already happened. And one, my friends, is on the horizon. The God of the whole universe has not decided just to come into the world in the manger, but he has decided that he will also come back as the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. See, God's plan has two parts to it. The first part was Jesus being born. And Jesus' birth brought an opportunity for new beginnings for all of us. In seasons of life, when we often look forward to the opportunity to just turn the page, yet sometimes we just long to end the season that we're currently in. And at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he gathered together with, on the Sabbath. You see, in this moment, in those days, men would gather together on the Sabbath to gather together to read Scripture and share with their thoughts on Scripture. And they all took turns, and this would take the majority of the day. And in Luke 4 was one of those moments. In Luke 4, Jesus was gathered together, to, together reading the scripture, hearing other people's thoughts, and what turned into something significant. It's one of the most powerful moments at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And the page was about to turn. A new beginning was on the horizon. See, there Jesus was, was with the other men. And they're all just sitting on the floors was the custom of that day, hearing and listening. And then Jesus took his turn. And you can just imagine the scene. You see, we read through scripture and so often we jump through it and we think, boy, this happened like this. But we miss out on the magnitude of the moment. As Jesus got up, slowly walked through the crowd of the men and the other people sitting there. He got, made his way to the front. He grabbed the scroll and he brought the scroll over to the table that was before everybody. And he laid it down. Not like our little handy dandy Bibles. Put on the verse right there. But Jesus would take the scroll. And slowly and methodically, he opened it. And you can just imagine the eyes that were on him. 
They kind of knew who this man was. They knew he was up to something, but they just did not know what yet as he opened those scrolls. And finally, he found his spot in Isaiah, and he read these words. In Luke 4, it's written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus read those words. And then quietly and methodically, he began to roll up the scroll. As all the eyes were on him, the people in this room, they've heard these scriptures before. They've heard it before. They hope for the Messiah to come. They hope for the Savior to come. And he rolled these up. What would have been minutes seemed like hours as he grabbed the rolled up scrolls and placed them back where they were supposed to be. And then once he finished that, he said these words in verse 21 of Luke chapter 4. He said to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And then the room just erupted. Who is this man who claims to be the savior of the world? Who is this man that claims to be the Messiah? Could you imagine the situation in that room? What just happened as this all transpired? That Jesus, who was born in a lowly manger, some man from Nazareth, was now claiming to be the Messiah. He was claiming to be the path to life, the path to new opportunities. You see, my friends, this moment turned the page for, for history throughout the world. In this moment, reality had set in that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. He is freedom. He is the freedom from our brokenness. He is freedom from our confusion. He is freedom from our isolation. He is the way. And he is the freedom from the consequences that you are dealing with because of your own poor choices. He is the freedom from all that. He is the opportunity for new beginnings in your life. You see, as the clock strikes 12 in just a few days in 2020 who comes, that's not your hope of new beginnings. It never will be. It never has, and it won't be. You know what is? It's Jesus. Jesus is the hope of all new beginnings. And he revealed that when he was born into this world. And the Bible says that he is the fulfillment of the law. And what that means is that all the requirements of the law to make us right before God that we talked about on Christmas, at the Christmas services. And if you missed that, go back there and check it out. But the, when we talked about that, he's the fulfillment of the law. He fulfilled all his requirements. He died, he eventually would die on the cross. He is the opportunity that we have to be in the presence of God to bring us new life. And while on earth, Jesus brought the word into flesh. And what that means is he ushered grace and truth into this world, that tr he truly is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the majesty in the midst of mundane. He is. In the normal craziness of our world, he is the majesty that gives new opportunities to have life, to have freedom, but not just life, hear me out, my friends, not just life, but life to the fullest. We all have life. We're all breathing. But we're not experiencing the fullness of life that we could be because the only way we can achieve that is through Jesus. 
You know, it's kind of like a new year with him. Every time we come into the presence, it's a new opportunity to experience life. You know, going back to his birth story, there's, there's a story within his, his birth story that we often overlook that I think is one of the most profound stories in his birth story. This is, a, this is a story about a man by the name of Simeon and his encounter with the baby Jesus. Just read these words as I read them out loud to you. Beginning in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Do you see that? Simeon was waiting his whole life to see this baby. And his encounter with this baby is one of the most profound moments in the birth story of Jesus. Because this shows us something truly spectacular. Something that we often overlook but can never neglect. The Spirit of God regularly prompts us towards Jesus. The Spirit of God is active and working all the time. Yet so often we neglect it and we miss it. The question is, do you recognize it? Do you see the Spirit of God working in your life? Do you see the Spirit of God working around your life? Because He always is. You know what the Spirit of God really is? It's almost kind of like our conscience in, in some ways. Our, our ability to know what is right and wrong. That thing within us that just prompts us, do something now. That's the Spirit of God. That's luring us to something, making right choices, prompting us to follow Jesus, prompting us to do good to that person that you just walked past on the street. Whatever it may be, the Spirit of God is actively working all the time. Yet sadly, unfortunately, many times we tune it out. Oh, I know I should have done something for that person, but I'm just too busy. I got to get this job done. I should have stopped there. I should have said that, but I just didn't. I, I knew the right thing I was supposed to say to that person, but I allowed my anger to consume me rather than hearing the Spirit of God and doing, saying the right thing. God's Spirit is moving all the time. And in verse 27 of Luke 2, let's look back what it says about Simeon. Simeon was moved by the Spirit, and he went into the temple courts. God moved him. You know, what we see in that scripture is Simeon had no plans to go to the temple, but, he did, but God desired him to go. And we know, we don't know how this prompting occurred. Maybe it was a call from a neighbor. Maybe his wife said, get up and get out of the house, Simeon. I, I need to clean today. Whatever it might be, God prompted Simeon to go, to be there. And he probably had no idea why he was going. He probably was not quite sure what this was all about. And oftentimes it's how God works. He pulls us somewhere and he won't reveal it until we get there. And then all of a sudden we get the, oh, I get it, God. And maybe you have had that I get it, God moment. That you just didn't get it before. But once you finally started to walk and listening to the Spirit of God prompting you, you finally saw him in action. You know, we don't know what kind of prompting Simeon received. 
but we know God, that he moved. We know God was prompting him to go. And we see those moments in our life as well. How is God guiding you? How is God moving you? Maybe he's calling you to be a vessel of hope in somebody else's life. Maybe he's calling you to meet a need in someone who's broken and hurting this very moment. Maybe he's calling you to pick up the phone and call that person you just were neglecting to call up to this point. Whatever it might be, the Spirit of God is prompting you. And maybe for some of you, he's trying to pull you back to him. And you've just been building up those walls and not following him. You know, this Christmas week, I've seen God move in so many extraordinary ways. I've seen God work in unbelievable ways. You know, just one example. You know, we, th- this past week we had someone call the church. They were in need of something. And we were trying to figure out with all the hustle and bustle of the Christmas services and trying to get things worked out, how we we're going to meet that need. And within the same hour, we got an email from somebody that said, I don't really get it, but God's telling me I need to help someone, help a family. And I just wanted to email you and see if you could figure out what this means. Within the same hour, we had a need. Weren't sure how it was going to be fulfilled. And then somebody else emailed and said, God's calling me to meet a family's need. I don't get it. You know what I do? You know what I understand? I get it. You know why? Because that is God moving. That's God moving. And he is doing that all the time, every day. And I'll be honest, there's moments in my life that I look back, I'm thinking, Bill, you are such an idiot because I missed opportunities because I did not listen to the Spirit of God prompting me to do something. And I want to encourage you that God might be moving in your spirit right now, calling you to do something calling you to take a step towards him, calling you to be baptized, calling you to say yes to him, calling you to meet a need, whatever it might be, and you're just been like, I, I can't, I'm waiting. Don't wait, because you're missing out on God's best, because you're not listening to the Spirit of God moving in your life. You know, how is God moving for you? How is God moving for you? Because there's opportunities Maybe it's relational reconciliation with someone that you've had problems with or had a broken relationship with. Maybe it's brokenness in your life. Maybe it's poor choices and the consequences you have from them where you can find hope. But here's the problem. So often we get caught up in the normal that we can neglect to see the ways that the Spirit of God is moving in our lives and around our lives. Don't get so caught up in normalcy. Don't get so caught up in what's comfortable for you that you miss out on God working. Because he is moving. God is moving. These encounters with Jesus ultimately are life transformational moments. What that means is this. When you step closer to Jesus, when you hear his prompting and you move towards him, you will have life transformational moments. You will see God work in your life in ways that you could never explain before. And you will experience him in new ways. Simeon was prompted to, to a place where he, could, he would encounter the baby Jesus. He, he probably didn't know what he was getting into. He probably didn't know that it was going to be the day. And what would a message like that be for you? What would it do for you? How would it change your life 
if you knew today was a day for you? How would it transform your life if you knew in this moment, these hours from now, you will physically see Jesus face to face? How would that transform your decisions today? What you're going to do after church this afternoon? Because he's always moving. You know, several, several years ago when our oldest son was just a newborn baby, my wife and I were at a rally um, to see a U.S. president. And we were excited. We got there in the front row and, and we were anxious because we, we were, were so close to a, a president of the United States. And it was like how awesome it could be. And then after this president gave the speech, he came down and he's walking through the line. And I thought at that moment, I have an opportunity to be face to face with a president. I mean, you don't get to do this every day. And quickly, you know what I thought of? How often do, in those moments, do you always get the, do they get the pictures with the people with the babies? And so I quickly turned around. I grabbed my son Silas, who was a newborn baby, out of my wife's hand. I pushed my way up to the front of the crowd just so I could have that moment with the president of the United States of America. And there, as he was walking down towards me, I saw him. I shook his hand. He didn't grab Silas. I was really, really bummed about that. But I shook his, he shook my hand and he kept walking by. And I turned around and I just go, yes! And I saw my wife's look. My wife, who I grabbed Silas out of her arms, Pushed her to the back of the crowd <laughs> so I could get the opportunity to shake the hand of a president of the United States and I left her in the dust. Let's just say that was not my best moment as a husband. But I got so excited in that moment because how many opportunities can you have like this to someone in that role to meet them, to shake their hands? And I wonder about if that was Jesus. In that moment, how would I react? What would I do? What would I do up to that moment to get myself ready to see him face to face? What would you do? What would you do if you knew Jesus was going to see you today? If today was your day when he calls you home? What would you do if you knew that Jesus was coming, coming over? You know, for our family, when we get a surprise call that someone's getting over, it's panic mode. Clean the house now! Right? Because we don't want to see a, dust of, a drop of dust in the house if someone's going to walk in our door. And I wonder, the dust in my life, what I would do if Jesus was saying, Bill, I'm calling you home today. What would I do differently? Who would I call? Who would I want to make things right with? Who would I just want to settle it with? You know, here's the deal, my friends. Jesus is calling us and prompting us daily through his creation, through our interactions, through his word, and is prompting us towards life transformational opportunities all the time that we tend to miss. And today could very well be the day or it could not be. But we should always be living in the moment that it could be. I remember many years ago, there was a man that used to attend this church. And he was, we did a lunchtime Bible study together. And I remember this one particular time we were discussing in our Bible study of the, the possibility that our time could be called any time. We don't know the day or the hour. And just a couple months later, this man dropped and died in his office at work. And it just hit me 
the reality of that Bible study we just had two months earlier and how real that is that we don't know. We just don't know. Because I feel ultimately we need to live each day with an anticipation of seeing Jesus. Any moment could be that moment. This is the way Simeon lived. Look at verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. This man Simeon, every day was anticipation. This could be the day. Am I ready? This could be the moment. Do I have things all in order? You know, Simeon was always alert. He was wide-eyed watching for the Messiah to come. And the Greek word used here is a beautiful word. It's called, it's prostekomai. See, the Greek language has many forms for the action to look, ranging from looking up to looking away to looking upon to looking in. But here to describe this man in this moment, Luke uses the Greek word prostekomai, meaning to look for the coming. And what a beautiful word. You see, dekomai means to wait. And pros means forward. And you put these two syllables together, you get prosdekomai, waiting forwardly. Now I get it, it may not be the best of grammar in the whole wide world, but the image is awesome. Simeon was waiting. He was not demanding, not hurrying. He was waiting forwardly. And so what does that mean? I kind of liken it to my Boy Scout days. I'm an Eagle Scout, and I always live by the motto, be prepared. In every moment, you should always be prepared for something to happen. And spiritually speaking, I should always be living in such a way that I am prepared that today could be the day that I meet Jesus. I have my life in order as best as possible. I'm doing the best I can in how I treat other people so that there's nothing unsettled. Simeon, he was on his tiptoes. He was waiting for that moment. And in our nation, we were surprised. We were caught off guard with things like Pearl Harbor, September 11th, and the dreaded COVID-19. It pulled the rug from under us. These moments wreak havoc in our lives. And too often, we live in so much comfort with a sense that everything is going to be okay. When our comfort and normalcy is taken away, we don't know what to do. And my friends, that's just living in a mirage of reality. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed that it will come. And if 2020 has taught us anything, it is the fact that what is normal today may not be normal tomorrow. But it should never change my focus of always being prepared that this could be the moment that I see Jesus so what am I doing about that? How is that changing my life? All we have for certain is right now. And what we do with right now is everything. You know, Jesus came as a baby, born in a manger. And please understand this. Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. And how we prepare for that second coming is everything. It's everything. In Revelation 1.8, it says, Jesus said this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. You know, here's the thing. We try so hard to live in comfort. We try so hard to live in what we think is normal. And all that does is, is cause us to miss the focus of the prompting of Jesus to move in our lives. We live in a way that we think everything is going to be okay. 
We live in a way that we think that we're going to be safe all the time. But there's no guarantee and nothing in this world. 2021 is not guaranteed. It's not. But Jesus is. Jesus is the guarantee. Look what's written in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 about his second coming. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. You see, here's the deal, my friends. Like Simeon, we do not know when that day is going to become. And like Simeon, we need to live in a way that we are constantly anticipating that it could be this moment. And think about what does that mean for you practically. This verse is saying that so many times we live in our comfort. And then when Jesus comes, it's like a thief in the night, meaning that we're so locked into our comfort of this world that we weren't prepared for his, his moment when he was going to come and take us home. And we were caught off guard. We were unexpected for that moment. And the reason will be unexpected and we, and we will be caught up saying peace and safety is because we were more focused on our comfort and what we wanted to be normal in our lives than we were in living in preparation and anticipation that Jesus is coming again. He is coming again. And so as we move into this new year of new opportunities, how are you living Are you ready that this could be the moment? Are you ready that this could be the hour? Because it could be. Or it could be another hundred years. But like Simeon, we should always live in anticipation that this could be the day. That Jesus is coming. Because he is coming back. One day he will call us home. The question is, Are you ready? And if you don't feel you're ready, if you're not sure what that means, can we talk to you? Can we help you take those steps into experiencing the fullness of Jesus? Like Simeon in that moment. Like the moment when Jesus rolled open those scrolls and said, I am the fulfillment of this. You can experience that life. And if that's you and you need to talk to somebody, if you're in-house, come and talk to us at the Engage Impact booth or reach out online and there's ways that you can reach out right now. But don't let this day go by because I've seen too many people do that and not realize that, man, this was their moment. This was their time. It could be any moment for us, my friends. The question is, are we prepared? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you that you've gone before us and moved in mighty ways. And Lord, in this moment, I pray for each person in this room. I pray for each person that's watching us online. Lord, that may have so many questions of are we truly ready for that moment when you come back? And Lord, right now, I pray that we may have the opportunity to talk, to take steps to experience you. And Lord, I just pray that in this moment, that for those of us who are in Christ, in a relationship with you, that, that maybe have been too caught up in our comfort, our, what we wanted to be, uh, the normalcy that we wanted to live in, or the comfort that we wanted to be in, that we've missed opportunities to be with you. Lord, maybe in broken relationships, 
Or maybe we're overwhelmed by the consequences of our own poor choices. Whatever it may be, in this moment, may we reach out to you. May we take steps closer to you. May we experience you. That we may live every day in anticipation that this could be the moment. This could be the hour. Lord, we thank you because in you we have life. And I praise you for that. It's in your name we pray. Amen.